The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week. So make sure to get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford over in Newcastle, England, and 4,000, and I can't remember how many miles away. That was episode one. Uh, joining us as ever, uh, it's Houston, Texas, very own Moonaf Manji. Good evening, Moonaf. How are you? Good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, I know we were discussing offline. There's so much going on in all the sports it seems like with, with uh, MLB <laughs> and NBA and golf and the Euro uh, 2020 is going on, you know, our heads are spinning. There's not enough hours in the day, is there? There uh, isn't. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had Royal Ascot this week. I made some picks for, so that started kind of two in the afternoon and runs through till six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then simultaneously the Euros, which I'm piling the draft Kings. I'm making tally site picks for the Slack channels blowing up. Yeah, uh, you've got MLB day games going off, and then, like you said, the US Open started. Yeah. Um, so I've just flicked that on. The football just finished. Uh, Netherlands just beat Austria. Austria were absolutely horrible to watch. Um, so I've just flicked the golf on, and I did notice, Moon, after you've turned up in the uh, in the DraftKings um, SGPN contest this week. I did. Yeah, I'm. I'm usually like tried my best to get in there, but I need to do a better job of doing DraftKings because we have games going on every single day, right? With MLB. Yeah. I'm usually in the NBA one also. It's a little $3 game, winner takes all. Um, uh, so I was like, hey, it's it's a major this weekend for the golf tournament. So why not? Let, let's get a DraftKings lineup in there. It's always fun with all the guys. So a little friendly competition doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's the one I've been the worst at by an absolute mile. It hasn't even <laughs> been close. I played all winter up until the baseball started and I haven't even been close to cashing. And I kind of think it's even if you don't know what you're doing or you think you've got your favourite players, at some point you're going to bump into a good team like the blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. <laughs> uh, but this blind squirrel, I'm just stumbling around. I am nutless uh, in this golf thing. I'm absolutely miles away. Um, but... That doesn't stop me trying, Moonaf, and uh, I'm having another go this week. So um, there was a bit of a delayed start. I think it's a, it seems a little bit later today. There's, there's players who haven't even gone out yet, uh, and it's round about 10 past 10 in the evening over here. So uh, it's going to be a late one, but that's regulated by the weekend a little bit. Yeah, they um, had a... Uh, well, first of all, I was on the West Coast. It's in, uh, I think, San Diego, California. Oh, of course, yes. And then they had some fog this morning, which delayed them, I think, I want to say about an hour and a half, maybe close to two hours. So yeah. 
Uh, so, uh, for sure, they're not going to finish round one today, but uh, we'll see what happens. And and I feel like with the with the football with the Euros, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we've switched places a little bit because normally I'm the rookie talking baseball, but in the Slack channel, I see you're feeling your way through the Euros, feeling your way through the tournament. Um, if you keep your head above water, have you been enjoying it? Yeah. You don't really have that in America, really. You you enter a World Cup. Yeah, but kind of that international competition isn't something that uh, the in that culture, the, the sort of the US culture, isn't normally as as high ranking as we do over here. Yeah, like we have like the major uh, major league soccer, but I don't follow that as much as follow like international, right? With like yeah. the EPL and, and and the the Germany league and the Italy league and. I honestly really got into it because of the guys in the Slack channel. We have some sharp guys, including yourself yes. in there that, that know their stuff. So I'm just really kind of, I'll throw, if I have a lean to something, I'll throw it into the Slack channel and kind of get that validation from you guys. That's what's made me laugh this week. You are, this, <laughs> they say, and this is what I do in the baseball. The, the sentence will often start with, have I missed something or, and then you go on to say, why a Belgium this price? Have I missed something or yeah. uh, why a Spain? And I'm the same with the baseball. Have I missed something or why? <laughs> why are the Diamondbacks like ever going to win this game or whatever? Um, it can, it can. Your mind can play tricks on you if it's something you're not wholly familiar with. And it's, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed the boot being on the foot this week, Moonaf, and you, you being a little bit wobbly. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my head above water. It's, uh, it's above water barely, but I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread there. But, um. Hopefully, uh, uh, I got just I just got to follow the other guys' picks in there. Those, those guys are doing real well. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's England Scotland tomorrow, which is yeah. uh, which is a huge game. Uh, I mean, I have a odd relationship with international football. I already support one terrible team in Newcastle, so <laughs> I struggle. I don't know why I would add another terrible team in England to support. It seems silly to support two terrible teams when I've already got one. Um, and I'm so close to the Scottish border as well. I think culturally mm-hmm. and it sort of personality, the way the people are, our outview, the people in Newcastle, uh, more. we've got more in common with the Scots. Uh, we're yeah. about, I could be in Scotland in 45 minutes from where I'm sitting now. Uh, oh, we wow. have more in common with the Scots as a, as a people, really, than uh, than sort of London that's sort of three, 400 miles away. And uh, we don't normally get on. So it's, it's a bit of an odd one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's a there's a bit of a buzz around the place. It's a Friday night as well. Um, so everybody tomorrow is finishing work early and uh, heading to the pub. But the weather's been beautiful. So beer gardens and all sorts tomorrow night there you uh, go. for a big game. So yeah, lots to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I... MLB moon off. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Oh, that's why we're here. Okay. That's yes, we're that's what it is. Soccer the whole time. <laughs> um, right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, in chronological order, okay. uh, we go through last week's picks, uh, and there's a reason for this. So obviously, we had guests last Sunday. As yeah. You well aware we had uh, Nick and Will mm-hmm. uh, who came on, and that gave us eight picks. We took two each. Yep. Uh, remarkably, without speaking to each other, we didn't double up on any of the picks, uh, so we did end up with eight individual picks. On the Monday night, six of the eight went. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dog landed. Austin Gomber for the Rockies beat the yeah. Padres. Was a good win. That was a good price. Uh, round about uh, plus one fifty, maybe round about. Um, yep. Your lock and your dog went in. Uh, you took the Giants total against the D-backs. And then you had uh, Casey Myers, one of those Detroit pitchers mm-hmm. that we keep riding. Your two, uh, do you want to talk us through your two, Munaf? 
Yeah, my uh, let's see, what was mine on on Monday? I had the Giants run line against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Alex Wood was on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Uh, I will say this was a little lucky bet because um, it was three to two going into the bottom of the eighth inning, and then the Giants were able to tack on two runs uh, to get me past uh the one and a half run line mark there so uh i guess we'll that will count that luck factor towards my way this time so I, I guess i'm due to regress there um and then um my dog was actually on tuesday you want to get through the monday picks first and then uh get to tuesday yep so monday night uh the other two boys all four of their picks went on monday night uh mm-hmm. nick Locked up uh, Adam Wainwright for the cards against the Marlins. That went yeah. in. And then the Reds against the Brewers. I think they absolutely battered them. Uh, it yeah. was Nick's dog. Um, and Will w- w- went two for two. Sean Manai against the Angels. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Glasnow got it done against the White Sox. We're going to take more, talk more about Glasnow in a little while. So on the Monday night, we went 6-0. and oh. um, And you'd said, jokingly, you were going to parlay all eight together. But I think, did you manage... Did you say your booker only let you put a 14 party on? Yeah. Did you manage to get that on? Yeah. So I, I took our four um, four picks on Monday. It was your Rockies uh, money line. I took my Giants run line. And then I took Nick's uh, Reds money line. And then Whoa. I got in <laughs> uh, Will's Tampa Bay Rays. I'm glad I uh, locked that one in when we were recording that night because uh, – the Rays uh, glass now was he was at I think close to either slightly an underdog or close to even money, and then by the time it came to the game he was a a I think a close to a minus one fifteen minus one seventeen favorite and I think all that came out to close to a want to say twenty to one odds. Wow. So I was happy that we were all able to start off six and zero on on uh, on Monday. I was really hyping hyping up in the in the MLB Slack channel that, Hey, we're, we're off to a six and zero start. I said on our last pop, last pop, we make our picks. I think I won't be surprised if we go a minimum at minimum six and two. And <laughs> we did that on Monday with, with pretty much no sweat, a little sweat, but not much. We did. So on, and then Tuesday, we've already spoke Casey Mize. Yeah. Uh, and the Tigers, some of those um, Tigers pitches, the, the young prospects they've they've just given them a little bit of leash and they've been getting they've been getting it done I, I had a nice um Tarek Skubal last night in DFS uh, pitched really really well uh, he got the win I think you're right we went round about seven innings so these balls are starting to get stretched out now as well uh, so you took Casey Myers that went in uh, to make us seven and oh and then the reason we've done it chronologically is because I fucked it <laughs> in the very last one uh, <laughs> the eighth pick um I took um Heaney, Andrew Heaney against uh, the A's. Yeah. And it wasn't a horrible defeat. I mean, the the score was 2-2 through 5. And then they got to Heaney in... in, Yeah. And what was it even? No, it wasn't. It was the pen. Heaney went out after 5. Yeah. Um, And um, Steve Ciszek... Gave, came in, pitched 0.1 innings uh, and gave up two runs. And that was the end of it. Um, the Athletics won six to four. So I wasn't far away. I had the starting pitcher, right? But equally, I have 
mentioned before, and it's no secret, the Angels' bullpen yeah. has been horrible. So that is part of the run line. So I'm not making any excuses. Um, it was just so frustrating because obviously I went to bed. Uh, the game was on at like three in the morning. So I went to bed and I've, it was just running through my mind. I've been ridiculously nervous over something that is ultimately totally inconsequential. It doesn't matter. No one's bothered one way or the other. <laughs> but I was just so determined to get this eighth game in. And I woke up and my heart sank to my boots when I saw the score on the, the, uh... on the uh, <laughs> Wednesday morning. I went straight in the Slack channel and uh, apologised and then sat in, a, sat in a dark cupboard for about 12 hours after that moon. I put seven and one's not bad effort. Yeah, the, the boys were, uh, at least Nick and Will, were, were a little upset we didn't go eight and oh. They wanted me to shame you, but <laughs> you already kind of shamed yourself. So I'm not, I'm not going to be too, too, uh, too mad at you about that. But um, you know, they might want to des- designate you for assignment, maybe coming soon if, if we're not able to turn it around. But what hey, I've decided is that uh-huh. I have provided the safe environment for you to think clearly and make these picks unencumbered by the rigors of the modern world. The the environment with which we are in this podcast, we yeah. can talk to each other. Everyone knows they're safe, they're happy. It's a lovely, warm, cuddly environment. So really, I'm, I'm about 50% responsible for all your picks. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I know we have a little special additional assignment at the end of the, uh, in our picks portion, but Seven and one. I mean, we'll take that every single week, right? So uh, I'm going to start tallying. We should. I should have done this starting in our first podcast. Is just uh, recording and writing down how our picks are doing. But uh, with Will and and uh, Nick, I guess I'll start tracking. So I'm going to write down uh, week one, seven and one. So um, that's a, a pretty pretty good start, man. What do you think? Yeah, I was. I would have suggested that at the start, but I was too nervous just in, co- in case it all went tits up. Um, <laughs> but on the grounds we're doing okay, uh, I'm happy to broadcast it um, on the grounds we're ahead. But uh, yeah, it was disappointing. But yeah, it was a great, it was a great effort. And I think um, yeah, they've, they've they've got the job. They passed the they passed their audition, Nick and Will. And yeah. later on in the in tonight's pod, when we make our picks, uh, Nick and Will are going to make picks as well. Yep. Uh, so hopefully we'll get uh, if we there might be the odd duplicate, but we'll get six, seven, or eight picks uh, to go out most weeks, uh, which is good. So yeah, it was a, it was a great effort um, between us. It was it was a good fun fun pod. I've been struggling this week, tally site. You see, I've still um, not had a, a week under five hundred all season, uh, and started eight and four on Monday, mm-hmm. um, and then and Tuesday just we all went belly up. So. Even though I, like I said, I picked uh, Heaney in the Angels, I could have picked anything on Tuesday and got it wrong because I got everything wrong. I think I went four and eleven, um, so I was a I was a long odds shot to get something right uh, from my Tuesday night picks. Um, so yeah, still not a little bit below five hundred this week. Um, there's not many games today. We normally have a right good slate on a Thursday, don't we? We're yeah. normally uh, we're normally seven or eight games in. Um, with the results starting to come through when we record on a Thursday night. But today, uh, there's only been one early game um, when the Orioles got smashed and the Giants are winning comfortably. But I don't know why Thursday is not early game day this week, uh, as per usual. But um, you uh, you seem to be going along okay this week, Munaf? 
Yeah, uh, I think on Monday when we started the week, I think all of us had like absolutely fantastic day. I think we were all above close to like 65% minimum. Um, I think I started that day like 10 and 2. Cooled off a little bit since then, but I'm at 27, 16 and 1 through the first game at 61% for the week. So finally got my um, overall average up to 55. That's kind of the goal I've kind of set for myself for this MLB season. So um it, it almost seems like it's kind of been a chalky week though and yes um, that, yeah that's it my return on investment is low as well as yeah. my uh as well as my pick rate so i've been scratching my head a little bit uh, i'm a, a little bit of a loss i'm gonna have to really get stuck in the next couple of nights yeah so um and then uh nick and will uh let me see here they are at nick is at 24 18 and 1 at 56 percent, and then will 26, 17, and one at 59 percent. So overall, you know, we're all having a good week. I'm sure you're gonna turn it around as usual. So uh make sure to follow our picks over there on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's embedded by a t- tally site. Um, so just hit that MLB tab, hit MLB picks, and you'll see uh all of our picks from the us uh, four on that page. And uh make sure to follow us there also. So MLB this week, Moonaf. Now, this is yeah. again, this is something that culturally um, I am a little bit behind with. Uh, mm-hmm. My following of the sport, my knowledge of the sport, my participation in in uh, fantasy and DFS and, and MLB betting is strictly been to what I've seen in front of me. Uh, it's it's the on the field stuff now. Um, MLB seems to be continually, and I think we've talked about this before, trying yeah. to shoot itself in the foot. Now, I know this is a serious subject, and there's been a lot more, uh, there's been a lot of other media uh, with a little bit more gravitas than us, all the serious and boring ones, uh, which we tend not to do. Uh, this has been covered to death a little bit. Yeah, We're just going to touch on it, really from the point of view of me being a little bit baffled by quite a few things. There's three or four things we could cover, and but the obvious one is the sticky stuff. Yeah. Um, so we all know what happens. We talked about uh, Giegos's hat. Yep. Um, somebody else got chucked a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember who that was. Now we spoke about that as well. Um, and yeah, everyone does it. Um, and then the MLB have decided now uh, in the first week in June uh, to crack down on it um, have uh, um, stipulated what the punishments are going to be the checks the umpires are, uh, the umps are going to check a start and pitcher twice a game they're going to check each reliever at least once yep. um, and the is it 10 day suspension 10 day paid suspension all of a sudden this is the big thing um, but I, what I do understand is a why now? Why in the middle of the season? Mm-hmm. Um, why an untested procedure, an untested protocol? Um, Tyler Glasner went to the IL this week, the 60-day IL as well. He's not just going to miss a couple of turns. Um, because all of a sudden, in season, he's having to adjust everything he does. He was talking about his uh, where the ball's lying in his hand for a curveball. It was he needed the ball deeper in his hand because yep. he didn't have. He said he uses sunscreen and rosin, which apparently is a uh, mixture um, as old as the hills. That's what people have used for sure. uh, decades and stuff. Um, so he's had to change everything he 
did with the ball, um, which has put undue stress on various parts. I mean, pitching is a unholy action. Um, how anyone's body can stand up to that, but it's a it's it's a repetitive, it's muscle memory. Suddenly you're changing things. Um, I mean, uh, that's probably the longest sentence in the history uh, of the MLB Gambling Podcast, Moonaf. But you <laughs> can you shed any light onto this? This just it leaves me with more questions than answers. Like I'm just baffled yeah. by the whole thing. I think for me, it's well, let me kind of zoom out here is that before the season started, the MLB told teams, I think around March 23rd is what I read in the article is that they were going to increase monitoring and initiating steps that included collecting balls taken out of play from every team and analyzing their stat cast spin rate data, whatever the hell that means. Right. Um, But I think you can look at this by two points is that, Number one, we, we talked about this in our Slack channel where the offensive numbers across the board in the MLB were significantly down, meaning batting average, um, home runs, hits, and things like that were all down and strikeouts were an all-time high. And you could think that, hey, that the commissioner and the league offices are trying to make the game more exciting by taking away the substances that these pitchers are using that gives them a quote-unquote competitive advantage over the batters. The second part of it is now you have players like Tyler Glass now and Garrett Cole, and I think Carlos Rodon had a few things to say about this also, is that it may be leading to injuries that we saw with Tyler Glass now that you just mentioned is going to be on the 60-day IL because they're not able to use these substances in that they have to now reconfigure how they hold the ball in their hand, whether it's a curveball, fastball, change up, knuckle curve, curveball, whatever the case might be, whatever their go-to pitch is, right? So I agree with you is that if they were going to do this, it should have been announced prior to the season and not in June where it's almost <laughs> where 33% of the way through the season, right? When you say that out loud, it sounds even sillier than just, yeah, I know it's happened, but like, I just got so baffling, Moon, I've honestly. Yeah, and, and it goes back to me saying that the offensive output is really significantly down across MLB. So they're trying to probably make the game more exciting by getting more home runs or hits and, and, and having it more eventful. But then we talk about, okay, quote-unquote, the, the balls are not juiced anymore. That way these hitters are not able to you know, hit the home runs. And we talked about this last season also. I think you know a couple of seasons ago, Justin Verlander came out and said it, and Garrett Cole has said he's been a very vocal guy about all the things that have been happening in MLB. And I think this all kind of goes back to the commissioner. There's a lot of people in MLB as fans, as players, and I'm sure as front office executives – they're not a fan of this guy. They're not a fan of uh, Rob Manfred. And I, I think that they need to, if they're going to change his game, it's got to start there where they got to clean house, get a new commissioner that knows what he's talking about in there to find ways to improve this game or, or speed it up or whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a, the, the next things we're going to come on to it. It's all kind of linked. Cause there's a lot of talk about this. Um, is that there's a collective bargaining agreement due um, yeah. and things are heading towards a, towards a lockout. Again, this is a cultural thing because this just would not happen in any sport or anything that I'm aware of. And I know, I know what's happened in the past. 
Um, where a season can be delayed for for a lockout and things like that. And are the the MLB is the commissioner uh, holding up the players, saying they're cheating, they're doing this, they're doing that, uh, in an attempt to drive all that down, to drive wages down and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the second thing you alerted me to uh, last night uh, was this fella. I can't remember his name. He wasn't particularly um, high profile, although what he said um, made quite a splash. Was all the and uh, the video scandals, the kind of sign-stealing scandals uh, on the back of what happened to the Astros. And um, what got me was the, just the absolute lack of surprise in anything he said. Uh, we have mentioned on this pod before, the fans were getting stuck into the Astros. Uh, they never got a chance to last season. Uh, so they were taking advantage and getting getting stuck into the Astros this year. But while they were doing that, we were saying, just be careful because at some point the rest of it is going to come out. And you can't tell me there's a team, any team that was holier than thou, whiter than white. Um, so we had mention of, I think it was the Royals first up. Uh, then it was the Texans. Was it Beltran maybe you'd sort Beltran, of? Yeah. Yeah. Who was Beltran. at the heart of most things. Um, batters with uh, someone was waving a flag in centre field at one point. Um, all these crazy um, video and st- uh, sign stealing related scandals moving off. So, um, I mean, the, the Astros one seemed to go to the extreme because it was that bizarre mix of real high technology and then hitting a bat, hitting a bin with a bat. It was that, it was the two extremes. That's what made it so amusing for me. Um, but this is, this didn't come as a surprise to anyone. Do you think it's going to come out and, affect anything or are people kind of over it now? I think this is going to be a topic of concern because of the whole cheating scandal that happened starting with the Astros and, and, and uh, um, it may sound a little biased, but so let me kind of backtrack the, the, the tweet that I, I sent you from a guy, the guy's name was Ryan uh, Spader. I believe if I say that, if I'm saying his name, correctly. yeah, the ace of spades or something he calls himself. Yeah. The ace of Spader is his Twitter handle. So yesterday I sent to you yesterday or the day before, whenever I sent it to you. Yeah. Just uh, last night, I think. Yeah. So he came out and said that he wanted to go out and, like you, the, some of the points that you just said about Adrian, Adrian Beltre and, and Carlos Beltran and the Astros and other pitchers and players from around the league. He put out a tweet. He said that I have been thinking about coming out and saying this and exposing XYZ teams about what it is. So he went on a whole spiel about how the first example was the Texas Rangers and Adrian Beltre that in home games, there was a scout or, or someone that he knew that was sitting out in center field that would wave a, a white beater, the, which is a, <laughs> a pretty much a, what you wear guys wear under their shirt um, that he would wave it in the air that if it was an off speed pitch coming by reading the signs of the catcher, that was one example. And I think another bigger example that we as fans know of is Aaron judge if you take a look at his home and road splits, uh, his batting average, and in all those the statistical categories split by home and road, they are absolutely day and night of a difference. He's doing very well at home, and he's not doing so good at uh, on the road. Now, following up to this story, today, the same gentleman tweeted out, and I'll read this. He said, 
give me one second. It just, I just lost it. Okay. He said, I deeply regret everything that I said. It has turned my life upside down. It was a mistake and I should have not reported on unfounded allegations. I sincerely apologize <laughs> to all those impacted. It should not have happened and it will not happen again. Stick to the stats. <laughs> what does that mean? So what, what I think, and I think a lot of people in our comments are saying that MLB reached out to this guy and said, you need to come back and retract your statement on what you said about everything that was in that thread. And you need to say that I, this isn't proven. It doesn't happen in MLB and uh, it's a bad look for the MLB. So this gentleman now today, three hours ago, sent out that tweet and apologized on behalf of something that we as fans and people that follow the game know that is true, but the MLB yeah. again is trying to sweep this under the rug. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, caught that last bit that you've that's news to me that's yeah. just even more baffling I know there was a lot of people had this um, not discredited his uh, statistical analysis but just question it because you can um, use stats to back up anything we do it on this show we make a pick and then we yeah. uh, use some stats to back it up and I'm sure if you gave me long enough I could fight back with another set of stats to tell you why not sure um, and there was a lot of people who looked at his, he'd, he'd used a lot of stats, like you're talking about Judges Home Road. Um, but it wasn't as clear cut as that. And the cause and effect weren't as obvious uh, as he'd been making out. So yeah, that part of it had kind of been cast into doubt a little bit. Again, that's something I don't uh, even pretend to understand. Um, I don't get too deep into that sort of thing. So, um, But the, there was a lot of questions over it. And then that today just um, absolutely baffles me. But um Hopefully, I just think that going forward, that the teams that can, I know it's, it's highly unlikely, just to take it upon themselves to be a bit more honest and uh, and play the game in the spirit in which it, it's intended. Um, the final thing I was going to mention on this subject, again, is something I... Um, we have a, have a similar thing in this country, actually, and it was there's minor league players this week. Um, the um, MLB have made a bit of a mess in the minor leagues in the, in the last few years. They've closed down certain uh, franchises. They've moved franchises. They've, they've sort of, they've shown it all a little bit. So there's a, there's a lot less than there used to be, but they, um, there was and problems last year with paying players during the pandemic. Uh, there were certain clubs who did pay the players. There was other clubs who furloughed players and stuff and things like that. There was talk this week about the Orioles. I think it was their double A team. Uh, Bay town, Bay something. Um, sleeping in the cars and eating what was being described as prison food. Wow. Um, and we have this thing, we've had a similar thing in this country where the Premier League is obviously awash uh, with billions and billions of pounds. There was all that European Super League bollocks about a month ago sure. um, where we've had teams like, a team like Berry. Uh, Berry is a place in Greater Manchester, a hundred nodule football club. They're always around about League One or League Two. So on the third or fourth level, um, of uh, English football who just went bust last year uh -huh. uh, for the sake of about £50,000. Wow. Genuinely, like, two days of Paul Pogba's wages uh, could have saved this football club in a town uh, that's got a 120-year history, uh, lovely little ground, you know, they've played uh, the FA Cup history, all sorts of things, and just gone. Um, and I don't understand how MI, uh, minor league players can be sleeping in their cars yeah. Uh, when 
you've got the billionaire owners and these clubs that are large commercial organisations. I mean, this just has to filter down. It's a, the it just MLB just really. It, it, it seems really quite an unpleasant place as much. And I think I'm quite lucky that I am only just learning about this. Like I said earlier on, my focus is what's happened on the field. Yeah. I put the kids into bed. I load the website up and I watch a game and put a DFS thing on. And really the outcome doesn't bother me. How the players got there, what they're getting paid, who's in the crowd, what the history of the managers you asked about managers tonight. Yeah. I probably couldn't name more than five. Um, so that I haven't. This is only just coming onto my radar. So I mean, how how can MLB have got this so wrong? So you know, back in the nineteen nineties, early two thousand times, they went through the whole steroid issue with Mark yeah. McGuire and and A Rod and, and Barry Bonds, and you know there was a whole report that came out about all the guys that took you know steroids during that steroid era. Now we're dealing with the foreign substance with pitchers, so. I think in every single sport, there is some type of issues. There's corruption and, and things like that. And sometimes as fans, we're kind of blind. We're blindsided by it. But people that kind of religiously follow these sports know that there's something always going on behind the scenes. And it's, it's always a thing for the MLB to really protect their teams that are the money makers, whether it's the Boston Red Sox, whether it's the Dodgers, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Cubs, uh, those are probably your biggest market teams and they'll do whatever it takes to kind of protect those teams. You know, same thing happens in NFL. We we've heard with so many scandals with the new England Patriots and, 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 you know, in the NBA, there was times where the referees were betting on their own games or that they were refereeing. So and I'm sure there's there's stories in soccer that you know about and, and some of our yeah. listeners have that or know about that follow soccer religiously, that there's all types of things that happen in every single sport. And, and you know, we just as fans that kind of want to sit back and think that these things don't happen, but it happens all across the board. So it's going to be a mess for the MLB to kind of clean this up and, and find a way to work it out with the pitchers. And, and I'm sure they're probably going to have to come to some type of agreement that they're going to be able to use xyz substance and not use abc substance so um and if it's going to lead to more injuries for some of these pitchers then you have a huge problem on your hand for for the for the mlb because number one tyler glass now is now out like you said for 60 days and you know if it's something that's related to that other than your typical knick-knack injuries that the, the pitchers go through it's going to be interesting to see what type of agreement that the players union and, and the MLB front office has kind of come to. Yeah. I just think a lockout after what happened last season yeah. will be an absolute disaster. Like they need to get their act together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's not something I know a huge amount about. The more I learn, it just, you just want it to go away. So you want to put your, bury your head in the sand, but mm-hmm. uh, that's never, never really a legitimate uh, cause of action, whatever you, whatever uh, walk of life you're in. Um, yeah. A few other bits and bobs. Uh, every second Thursday, Jacob DeGrom has to leave with <laughs> some kind of injury. Yeah. Um, three innings last night. He struck out eight of the nine batters. Uh, said he was feeling really good and then felt something in his shoulder. And that was the end of it. Um, yep. You put a little update on there tonight. So what, what's the latest with DeGrom? 
Yeah, so I saw this on a couple of outlets on Twitter and ESPN, and they said that they had his shoulder looked at by a doctor, and the doctor said that there are no issues. It's just a sore shoulder, and uh, that's obviously the best news that the New York Mets are going to get with their ace pitcher and Cy Young front uh, front runner right now, at least again for this season, Jacob DeGrom. Um, they said they are going to probably get a, one more opinion on the uh, shoulder from another doctor. But, um, you know, Jacob DeGrom even said last night in, in the post game, and I think this morning that he's just kind of frustrated with what's going on. And he's been like, you, like we just said, we've talked about him being in and out of the pitching rotation. I think they just kind of need to give him some weeks off and, and maybe give him a month off and just let him let him rest up. Um, it might cost you some games, but I mean, this is this is a pitcher that's the best in the National League, if not the entire MLB. Um, you don't want these knickknack injuries with with this type of pitcher. Right. So if you need to give him some extended time off, put him on a. 10 day IL or, or give them, you know, a couple weeks off. I think that might be the best solution for, uh, for the New York Mets with Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. For various reasons, they've got themselves in a decent position at the moment. So yeah, just need to be careful. Um, similar subject to Max Scherzer to the IL Munaf. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this last week where, uh, he got pulled, um, pulled from the game. I think it was the first inning that he left. So they, Decided to put him on the IL for 10 days and uh, hopefully he can, I think it's an oblique strain for him also, I believe. Um, but yeah, he landed on the IL, so he'll be out for 10 days and we'll get an update from him uh, hopefully here soon. And he, hopefully he's back on the mound for the Nationals because like we talked about with Nick last week, um, their, um, their pitching rotation is really struggling this season, especially with uh, Steven Strasburg being out and uh uh, Patrick Corbin having a rough season. Joe Ross has had two, I think two or three pretty good starts in his last couple starts here. So hopefully they're able to get some of these guys back and, and maybe make a push to win some games and get themselves into contention for uh, the playoffs. Sorry for Scherzer. It's a, it's a groin injury. That's uh put him on the uh, IL. Yeah. Joe Ross, I think was the first player uh, in MLB gambling podcast history to go into timeout. But I think one more good start and we maybe we can take him off the naughty step and put him back, uh, put him back in the rotation, make him available again for uh, gambling and DFS purposes. Um, Cody Bellinger, Back on the IL, he missed a load of time at the start. Um, Alex Bregman with a left quote. Um, and one other piece of injury news, and this is a, a player you're familiar with, George Springer. Mm. Uh, Toronto's big money uh, free agent signing. I think he only played four games. He started the season on the IL, came back, played four games. Uh, but is rehabbed this week in Buffalo. Okay. Feels good. And... Um, Toronto aren't a million miles away. Um, we're going to talk, in fact, in a matter of moments, we're going to talk about uh, one of Toronto's big players. Um, but Toronto aren't a million miles away. And with the Yankees scuffling along, um, if they bring George Springer back, what are they, like eight and a half games back at Tampa, um, they probably need a little bit of pitching. But Springer, uh, Springer's going to make a difference to them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we you know we've talked about Springer when we talked about his injury earlier in the season. Um, obviously him being with the Astros for most of his, or not all of his career, um, he's a good leadoff hitter for them. I, I think he'll probably be in that leadoff spot for the Blue Jays. You know, a guy that can go out and get you 30 home runs and 100 RBIs in, in a full season where he plays. So 
Um, and again, he's a very streaky uh, bat. He can be, you know, a guy that can get up at any time, <clears throat> sorry, at the plate and, and hit it out of the park every single time, or if not, he's going to go on a cold streak. So it'll just be good to have him healthy back in this lineup and having another bat in that lineup is going to be good for the uh, Blue Jays. They did lose, uh, they're on a three-game losing streak here, but I think uh, low, I think this is a, a lineup that is going to be really good uh, for the rest of the season and into the future. Yeah. Um, so uh, something to talk about this week, Moon. After we were having a little look around for bits and bobs, we've done divisions and player props, and it was a player prop um, that we that we've looked at this week. Uh, we just mentioned Toronto mm-hmm. uh, and one of George Springer's teammates is heavily involved here. It's the American League MVP. So, yeah. and the market has uh, Vlad at uh, 2.2, so plus 120 mm-hmm. um, for the Blue Jays. It's a, it's effectively a two-horse race. Uh, Shohei Otani is at plus uh, 150, yeah. uh, so it's 5-4 and 6-4. Uh, 20-1 bar, uh, that brings in all kind of players. We're gonna, we'll, we'll head down to 21 and below uh, in a little while. So I said, Munaf, you choose one and make your case, and then I'll choose one and make your case. Two-horse race, um, you decided to take Vlad. Yeah. Um, so tell me why. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the numbers just that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is putting up in this Blue Jays lineup. He's batting 343 on the season, which is number two uh, in the American League. Number one is Michael Brantley at 344. So he's only, what, 0.001 behind that. You could pretty much say he's tied for that. Um, leading the American League in home runs at 22. And that is also best in the entire MLB. Just one home run ahead of Fernando Tatis Jr. He is number one in the American League in RBIs, leading one over Rafael Devers. Total bases, he's number one. He's leading, not leading, sorry. He's um, number one in OP, uh, OPB on a base percentage. Slugging, he's number one. Uh, <laughs> OPS, number one. And I think the one category that you and I, I think particularly you love looking at is, is war. Yep. And he is number one in the entire league at 3.7. So, you know, when you're leading a guy that's pretty much almost leading all three statistical categories, and we talk about triple crown winners uh, in the ML, uh, as far as batting in American League, I, I think that if you have a guy that's that's going to lead the American League, especially when you have so many good batters in the American League, um, for him to do what he's doing right now, 22 home runs and 66 games, I would love to see what pace that puts him on. Uh, should I kind of calculated that, but... I mean, you know, we talk about a lot of these these hitters that are in the entire MLB that lead the league in home runs, but the the batting average sometimes isn't there for them. But for Vladimir Guerrero, he's batting 343 on the season. And then you take a look at the second home run leader, and I know we're talking about American League, but just for example, Fernando Tatis Jr. in the National League, I know he's missed some time because of injury, but he has 21 home runs. He's only batting 277. And then number three, uh, Otani, your guy, has 19 home runs, but he's only batting 271. So the batting average is there for Vlad. 
RBIs are there. He's, he's pretty much tied for the batting average leading in triple crown categories. And then the war that we love looking at when wins above replacement at 3.7. Um, and just kind of historically, I put this on our show notes is that, um, the MVPs over, I think, over the last ten years, have an average WAR around seven point five. Vlad is well on his way to probably be at eight or above that. Last season was an exception because of the shortened season where Jose Abreu won. But for a guy to, you know, like I said, be leading the, these categories with with such a great batting percentage, I think right now for me, I would pick Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the MVP of the American League right now. Yeah, you've absolutely nailed that, Moon. Off. There's um, when I'm looking for a, a a golf bet, sometimes there's a a column uh, a fella writes over here in, um, I think it's the the racing post or Betfair, one of the one of the British sites, uh-huh. uh, and it's called a find. Is there an identical winner when he's looking for a golf tournament? Um, and it's sort of a little stencil that you can put across. And does anyone match? Um the numbers and the the type of player that's won uh, in previous years. And um, Vlad is pretty much up there, as you talked about, the war um, taken out last year. Um, Mike Trout, 7.8. Mookie Betts was high, 10.7. Altuve, 7.7. Donaldson, 7.1. Trout, 7.7. Cabrera, 7.5. So you're exactly there. So if you extrapolate... Uh, Vlad, at the minute, that looks like he's going to be above. He'll be nearer, uh, yeah. nearer nine. Uh, the batting average is a big one because uh, that needs to be that traditionally needs to be um, 300, uh, 346 Mookie Betts, 346 yeah. Jose Altuve, 348 Miguel Cabrera, 2013. Very rarely, uh, Mike Trout has won it in the 200s. Josh Donaldson won it in the 200s. Um, and Mike Trout wins it in the two ones because he does absolutely everything else. Um, so yeah, he's, he's fitting in where he's got the the home runs. Obviously, they're uh, a seductive thing, uh, same as the RBIs. His BABIP is not egregious, even a little bit. Um, his BABIP is three forty seven with that batting average yeah. of three forty three. So yeah, I mean, there's, that's the, that's the reason he's favourite. Um, so what we're asking me to do at this point is make. I make my point, make my case for uh, Shohei Otani. So, pitcher-wise, um, the MVP is not something traditionally pitchers win. Um, so, you go back to 2011, Justin Verlander um, in the American League, Clayton Kershaw won it in National League for 2014. And then before that, you go all the way down to 1992 in Dennis Eckersley, uh, evoked in days. However, as we well know, uh, Shohei Otani isn't just a pitcher. Um, so what you're effectively backing here, you're getting a, a batter and round about half. He's, I would say he's round about half a pitcher uh, at the moment. Looking at his innings pitched, he's pitched. Where are we? There, he's pitched 47 innings, uh, where the top boys are hovering around the 90 mark. Garrett Cole 89, Glasnow 88, uh, Shane Bieber 90. So he's pitching. Um, he's pitching on this regular, uh, regular rest that the Angels are making him. Um, so he's 30th in WAR in pitching, which is a decent effort, really. Bear in mind um, the 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 amount of innings, uh, 1.1 WAR. But the rest of his numbers, however, um, 
like you say, you extrapolate them, you compare them. That ERA of 2.85 is absolutely comparable. Yeah. Uh, Ivaldi and Bieber in fourth and fifth there are uh, 3.76 and 3.28. So he's well below them. He's well below maybe five people in the top 10 there. Um, so you're getting half a good pitcher. Um, at that point then, is what he's going to do with the bat enough uh, for for the pitching to take it over the top? Um, currently lying in 11th in war, 2.3. Mm-hmm. The home runs are there, 19 home runs. Like you say, it's the batting average. Uh, the batting average is two two seventy one. Yeah. So we know he's going to fall short of Vlad. Um, however, uh, will the two things cumulatively? Uh, are they going to are they going to do the business for Otani? And I also think there's a there's another thing to factor in here, which is that it's a it's kind of a feel good story. He's, he is the poster boy uh, for baseball. He's a Phenomena in that he's a two-way player and there are very, very few of those left nowadays. There might be two or three um, in MLB currently. The uh, Michael Lorenzen uh, for the Reds pitches a little bit out the pen. Uh, well, he primarily pitches out the pen, but can get an at-bat um, as a pinch hitter kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Jared Walsh, also at the Angels, has kind of uh, given up uh, pitching a little bit. So they're not, they're, they're a very rare thing. So he's a, he's a good story. Uh, bit of a political angle. He, he's, he's coming from Japan. He seems like the nicest man in the world. He couldn't be more popular. And I do think that that'll, that'll, uh, that'll factor into it. I mean, do you, do you think he's going to do enough? I mean, every time he goes out and he, he's so, he passes the eye test as well. He's so easy to watch. He's, he's almost spectacular. People, people tune in to watch him and we, we always talk about who's going to be the face of MLB, yeah. uh, a generational talent, who's going to be on the front cover of uh, whether it's the uh, RBI or MLB, the show game, the, the, these kind of things. And um, Otani, Otani's got that X factor. Uh, Vlad has to a certain extent because he's got the name recognition. Um, right. But I think that there's a there's a quite a lot of other things, extraneous things um, that are going to happen off the pitch that might just it could be worth sort of twenty five percent of what these writers are going to vote for. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that one thing for Otani is number one that he is like you mentioned a two way player that we haven't at least to this type of success that Otani's having both as a pitcher and hitting. I mean, we haven't had that in, in recent time because it just, it's just not common. I mean, it was back in the day back early in the 1900s during Babe Ruth's time and things like that. But recently we haven't, you know, at least in this century and in this decade, we haven't seen a, a guy like this, right. Especially a guy coming from, like you mentioned from Japan and internationally. So um, I think that's that's one thing that he does have going for him is that he's a pitcher. He's doing pretty well pitching, but he's also a a wizard with the bat also, right? We take a look at his numbers, 271 batting average, which is not bad at all. 19 home runs, second in the American League, 47 RBIs, 139 total bases, and the numbers go on and on, 2.3 war. Um, but it's it's it honestly, like you talk about, that is the narrative of him being that two-way player and coming from 
Japan and being an international superstar. And I think, which is absolutely fantastic for the game of baseball. Um, is it going to be enough for him to overcome what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing? And I think another thing that might be against Otani is that you still have the best player in MLB on your roster, right? Because let's just say Mike Trout comes back and lights the world on fire. Then all of a sudden, Otani, that Otani talk is going to kind of take a back seat to uh, Mike Trout. But Mike Trout is still a month out. So Otani can catch fire here and, you know, get up in that home run race. He's only three home runs behind. Um, but I think the narrative and the story that kind of ties into that MVP talk, um, I think that'll work in his favor um, for Otani. I think you hit the nail on the head also with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that he has a name, rec- re- name recognition because his dad also played in the league. who was absolutely a great hitter too. I mean, if you've seen some of the highlights of what his dad can do like going down and just hitting a baseball from any part of the plate and and hitting out of the ballpark was just amazing to see but you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is his own player um, and and the numbers are backing it up for him so you know it is a two-horse race between these two guys and then I mean if we we take a look at the odds after that those two guys it's a significant drop-off to the next guy who's favored yeah it's any price you like after that Um, so yeah, we named them to win. Like I say, I would lean show here. I think we you have to take health out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm we, I'm not picking anyone on the grounds of will they stay healthy or not. Both players actually, Vlad and Shohei, have similar records and that they've they've missed a little bit of time. Um, if Shohei carries on doing what he's doing, I don't see how they can't give him it. Like, um. Because I don't, he might not be able to. He might not do it again either. I still think at some point the Angels are going to make him. He will just end up as a batter. He's one injury away yeah. um, from not pitching anymore. Um, so I think is this might be the only chance um, for this to happen. So I would lead show here. It's not a huge lean, but I think at the prices as well, a little bit more value um, in the plus one fifty. But yeah, after that then. We said we'd pick it. We'd we'd have a look at picking, yeah, uh, a, a bigger price on each. You've got uh, Xander Bogarts is third in it, twenty to one. Then you've got a line of three who um, are all in: Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Byron Buxton. Judge isn't is Judge still on the aisle? And so those three have all had issues. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, you can throw a blanket over the rest. Um, they're all priced twenty-eight to one. Um, up to my list goes down to about a hundred to one. I mean, some of the people listed a hundred to one that like. Um, George Springer, people like that, who um, barely played a game. Um, Altuve, Alvarez, Anderson, Bregman, Devers, all 40, 50 to 1. So out of those, Munaf, I picked two out, but I had a feeling I might have picked out uh, one of yours. So I'll let you go. Hmm. Uh, and if I have, then I'll, I'll take what's left. Um, why don't you leave this off? Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of what you got. Okay. Um, I went back to the is there an identity kit? Uh, fit for for this prize. Uh, the two I landed on were Altuve mm. and Devers. Um, sitting ninth and tenth, so the two places directly above Shohei Otani in that batting table uh, in terms of war this year. Both uh, Altuve 2.5 and Devers 2.3. Now, we said they wanted to get over 300. These are the things that, that are going to boost them from what prices were they? Uh, 
Altuve is thirty-three to one, and Devers is forty to one. So to boost them up to 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 be real contenders, they're going to have to do a couple of things. The the batting average needs to get up and up above three hundred. Well, Altuve is two ninety-four, and Devers is two eighty-three. So they're not a million miles away. Um, Devers has that sexy. RBI number that you said yeah. um, Vlad was beaten by one Vlad's on 56 mm. Devers is on 35 now Altuve is on 36 but Altuve leads off uh, so we've got previous for that Altuve uh, won it in 2017 um, and then Mookie Betts I think was leading off when he won it for Boston yep. um, so you, you can see that they, they have 80 in 81 RBIs when they've won it as opposed to the the middle of the lineup guys who always hit 120 130 yeah so get their batting average up um to in the 300s 310 320 with a strong second half uh, for Devers or Altuve they've both got the home runs 15 and 16 uh, so not a million miles behind uh yeah and that was it really i think um Taking out a lot of the competition, and like I say, there's some names in there that are just head scratches. I think they're just relics. They've been left there all season. Um, you take out the injured guys. Um, there was one or two others. Jose Ramirez um, possibly had a chance. Um, there was people like uh, Simeon, but Simeon's on the same team as Vlad. I think yeah. if you take if if Vlad suddenly went down tonight with an injury, um, I think Simeon all of a sudden jumps. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he would jump. He's not going to finish in front of Vlad while they're playing on the same team um, with a slightly inferior record. Take that out. And Simeon's record will stand up to anyone's there. He's currently 60 to 1. So uh, the two I looked at uh, were Jose Altuve at 33s, Devers at 40s, just because they didn't need much of a tweak. Uh, and all of a sudden, they do fit that identical profile of a winner. Munaf, uh, did, you, did you agree? Was there anybody else caught your eye there? Yeah, and I, I, uh, those were the two guys I was thinking of. Also, was uh, Jose Altuve and uh, uh, Rafael Devers. Uh, I knew that we. I knew I went Houston and Boston as well, and they were the two that might have um, and, and coincidentally right, caught your eye. Yeah, and roughly so, right? Because you know the, those two teams are are you know the best offensively in the in in the American League, right? Uh, Boston, Toronto, and Houston. And, and New York has just fallen off the face of the earth. I don't know why Aaron Judge is sitting there 40 to one, but um, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Rafael Devers and, and uh, Jose Altuve, their numbers speak for themselves. I think Rafael Devers, I think in the next couple of years is going to be a guy that will win an MVP in the American league because he has that type of that pedigree batting wise, right? His numbers are, are just improving every single year for, um, for himself. Like we talked about, he's, um, what second, uh, third in home runs in the net? No, sorry, he has 16 home runs. We said second in RBIs. Yeah, his his batting average is respectable at 283, which is pretty good. Um, and again, Jose Altuve is a guy that has won the MVP. He's a guy that can hit above two, uh, sorry, 300 and on any given season. He's batting 294 for the season so far, but he's having a great month of June. He has 15 home runs, 36 RBIs, uh, a war of 2.4. Um, one guy I did want to mention that is on the Houston Astros roster. That may be a, a very long shot, but he's in a contract year and that's Carlos Correa. And he, we talk about these teams again, that have so much talent on one team, like, with the with the Blue Jays, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and Marcus Simeon. Those guys are tops in the in the American League in some of these statistical categories. 
Same thing with the Astros. You took a look at Michael Brantley. He's batting 344 on the season. Yeah, he's he's missed uh, some games this season, but he's still played 48. He's batting 344. His his power numbers aren't going to be there, but one of the more consistent bag, bats across the league, even when he was with the Cleveland Indians. Alexander Bogart's another guy. He's having a fantastic season. 325, 13, 13 home runs, 41 RBIs. But Carlos Correa, I mean, he's really underrated in this lineup for the Houston Astros behind Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve. You know, he's batting 293 on the season. He has 12 home runs, 37 RBIs, uh, a 3.2 war, which is, I think, number two in the American League, tied with Marcus Simeon. So he's an 80 to one long shot um, in, in the American League uh, MVP market, but I think we hit the nail on the head with most of these guys with, with, with uh, Devers and Altuve. And um, I can't believe Mike Trout is still sitting there at 30 to one when he's going to miss over, I think two months of the season. So um, Jose Abreu, another guy that for the Cleveland Indians, I don't know where they would be without that guy. So, um, you know, it's, it's just crazy to see such a significant drop off after Vlad and then Otani all the way from plus uh, even money on Vlad around plus 250 for Otani and then all the way down to 25 to one for the next guy. So um, they're long shots for a reason because just because of the way these two other guys are just dominating the season. Yeah. As we always say, shop around as well. I've got Carlos yeah. career at 40 to one on my book and you're telling me he's 80 to one with you. So yep. uh, there's will be bigger prices than the ones possibly I've even given out here on our uh, Devers at 33 and I'll two, uh, Altuve at 33 and Devers at 40s. Uh, so yeah, shop around. You might find an extra, an extra 10 points or so somewhere. Yeah, I see Altuve at 101. So what? Yeah, so if you like him, you might want to shop again. Shop around. You might be able to find that price. Win is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com. Download the app today. You want some show here, Otani? It's six to four. Take the six to four, winbet.com. Uh, use your free 500 books. Everyone's a winner. I tell you what, with all this sport going on at the moment, um, by the time Royal Ascot's finished, then I get into the MLB uh, early games while simultaneously trying to juggle three um, Euro 2020 fixtures and the US Open golf. Uh, need a moment to chill. Hit the reset button. There's only one beer that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and the cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewer Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See your ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. 
PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for $45 when the team was 3-1 down against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for 600 bucks. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting, use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. So this week, Moonaf, a couple of series uh, jumped off the page. The White Sox at the Astros uh, was the first one. And the A's at the Yankees looked like a fun series as well. Yeah, I think those were the two that I was was looking at this weekend. Um, Yeah, White Sox and Astros. I don't see anything else that might be exciting. Um, There's some good pitching matchups coming in that series, I think for the Astros and White Sox. Oh yeah, that that's going to be a fun series because we they I think they kick it off tonight. They have Dylan Season, Jose Urquidy going and then um see tomorrow is going to be Carlos Rodon and Luis Garcia. That's right. Yeah. And I think the Sunday one's going to be the most exciting because you have Dallas Keiko returning back to Minute Maid Park. I don't believe it's the first time he's returning, but you know, it's always a storyline when a former player of the Astros who won a championship with them is back uh, going against his former team. And one of his good buddies also, Lance McCullers. So that's going to be a fun uh, pitching matchup on Sunday between those two teams. Actually, talking about it, it just sounds like the both rotations seem stacked. Oh. Um, where you mentioned three of uh, the Saturday night games, Lance Lynn uh, and Fran Bavaldas. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, both teams uh, in, strong, in strong positions there. And then the A's at the Yankees, Still waiting <laughs> for the athletics to drop away. Yeah. Uh, we spent probably weeks two to five on this podcast um, imploring everyone to take the um, take the Astros over the A's. And, May- but the A's are still chugging along. Maybe the uh, Yankees can do us a favor by winning a couple <laughs> against the A's. But um, the one time we want to root for the Yankees might be against the A's. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean the A's just keep chugging along, and that 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 race is just going to come down to the for the that AOS is just going to come down to the final week. Um, but you know the Astros have two significant injuries in their lineup. I think the other one that I didn't mention was Kyle Tucker for the Astros, who did go on the IL for COVID related reasons. So um, you know losing two bats like that, it's going to be difficult, especially when you're going up against the pitching of the White Sox this weekend. So. Definitely keep an eye out for for those pitching matchups. If you like old school, you know, pitching matchups between you know low scoring games, I think that White Sox and Astros series is going to be that one this weekend. Okay, so picks moon off. This is why we are here. Um, seven and one last week uh, for the team. Um, no need to mention that I was the one. <laughs> um, so we are going to allow. Uh, Kindly, Nick and Will are going to make us some picks. We could get those in a little while. Um, you can start us off, Moon. Off. What have you picked sure. out this week? Because you're going straight back to that White Sox Astros series. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, uh, just a new addition to the show. Uh, like uh, Malcolm just said, is that uh, going forward on the podcast, we're going to have uh, Nick and Will making picks for us every single uh, podcast now. So more picks for you guys. I know uh, we like more picks and more content, right, Malcolm? So I thought that was going to be a great addition to the show to have those two guys picking for us also. But 
Uh, I'll start it off for this weekend, and uh, let me get my sheet here. It's going to be tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going right back to that Chicago White Sox and that Astros uh, game two of this series. They kick it off tonight, but tomorrow, Friday night, pitching matchup is going to be Carlos Rodon versus Luis Garcia. Now, I'm going to take the under. Uh, like I said, when we we're talking about the series for this weekend, that we're, it's going to be a, a premium for runs this uh, series, I believe, just because there are so many good pitching matchups. Um, this number should probably come around eight, I believe. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Like I said, two stellar pitchers on the mound. Carlos Rodon, a 1.89 ERA overall this season. He's even better on the road, slightly better, 1.8. His last five starts, only one bad outing versus the Indians, but four of his last five starts, he's allowed one earned run or less. And then um, a pitcher that that's not really getting headlines for the Astros, who's been really good for them this season, Luis Garcia, a uh, solid pitcher for the Astros. He's 5-4 and four this season, a 2.98 ERA, even better at home, 2.1 ERA at home. He has a 2.55 ERA during the day. So this is going to be an afternoon game. I believe it kicks off at 4 p.m. Eastern. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs over his last eight start, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I'm looking for, again, like I said, runs to be a premium in this in this uh, series. And I think, you know, Friday night, tomorrow, it's going to be a premium between these two pitchers. That'll be under eight in that, in that game. For my dog, um, I believe he should be a dog. At home, and I'm going to take uh, Dan Dunning on Sunday for the Rangers going up against Kenton Medea. Uh, Dunning is another pitcher whose home and road splits have been significantly night and day difference. Uh, on the road this season, Dunning has a 7.45 ERA, but at home, he has an ERA that's 1.97. So he's pitched 32 innings at home allowing 27 hits, but only seven earned runs in that span uh, for Dunning. And on the flip side, uh, like I said, Kenton Medea is going to go for the Twins. He has a 5.73 ERA on the road this season, 33 innings pitched on the road. He's allowed 38 hits and 21 earned runs. Opposing batters are hitting 286 against him on the road. So look for the Texas bats to really get to him. Um, he did have one start versus the Rangers this season at home where he didn't allow a run. But like I said, I he, this is a guy, a pitcher that I want to fade when he's on the road. So um, I'll take Dan Dunning on Sunday, Texas Rangers money line as my dog for this weekend. Yeah, that's a great angle. Just going back to your Houston pick, you and your, uh, you love your day night splits, mood. That always yeah. gets me every week. Uh, <laughs> Dane Dunning's a pitcher I've picked quite a few times. He's had some good spots in DFS uh, because he has got some strikeout potential. Um, and th those two teams now um, have got very similar records ahead uh, Minnesota and Texas. Um, there's only two games in it, which you wouldn't have thought at the start of the season. Uh, Minnesota have shown no signs of being any better whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two two solid picks. Um, my two go on Saturday night. Um, the first one, I'm going to move away from a money there. I'm going to take it over. And okay. I wrote a very British thing on the show notes. Uh, it's Red Sox versus the Royals. Um and I wrote that both pitchers have been getting twatted all over the place, <laughs> uh, which was a fair, <laughs> um, it's not a big or clever way of putting it, but um, Martin Perez and Chris Bubich, um, Martin Perez, you'll know this from watching yeah. uh, the Red Sox. Mm. It's just um, 
been going all over the place. He three and one third running, uh, three and one third innings uh, last week. Uh, yeah. Two starts, gave up eleven runs, um, and. I mean, his record's four and four. The Boston Bats helped him out a lot earlier in the season, but it's absolutely on the slide at the minute for Martin Perez. Uh, and Chris Bubbage just can't keep the ball in the park. He actually flashed. He flashes okay occasionally. Um, he pitched eight and two thirds mm-hmm. um, against the Angels last week, gave up yeah. seven homers, which is quite impressive. Um, so I just think this has got the all the hallmarks of a. Eight six something like that. Sure. Um, this could be easily thirteen fourteen runs. Don't know what the line. The line will be high. Uh, obviously, I mean the bookies aren't daft. The, the line could be. I would reckon double figures. What do you? I mean, you you you're good at this, Moonaf. What's this line going to be? Ten uh, ten and a half eleven. No, I, I would. I would probably think nine and a half, maybe yeah. a ten. I think you're safe with the nine and a half. I believe, but I could be completely wrong. But I think nine and a half might be the number for this uh, for this series. But that helps you even more that it's lower, right? If you think that this is going to go that, double well, digits, then well, then a nine and a half will take it all day. It's going to finish eight six, so yeah, we're absolutely buying it. That's not a problem. Um, my dog, um, I faded to Nelson Lamette uh, last week against Austin Gomber and the Rockies. Yeah, um, and I do like Lamette. This is the thing. Um, I watched him a lot last year. He came back from injury. He d- he does get injured a bit, um, but he's back again this time and I think this might be his third start since he came off the IL and he's been going along okay but you just think you're never far away sure. uh, from something going wrong I think he's kind of built up four or five innings kind of thing um, but um, this is really a, a take on uh, Vladimir Gutierrez who's pitching for Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, Cincinnati's bats have been going okay um, they've improved recently up to 35 and 31 but um, they can on any given night, they'll, they'll end up with double-digit runs uh, quite a lot of the time. But uh, Gutierrez is 2-1 and one with a 2.74 ERA. Um, only really got in the rotation due to due to other injuries, uh, but he stepped up. And he's one of these uh, rookies that we've mentioned a lot, that uh, the first time against certain teams, uh, they're not used to seeing him. Um, and that can often, first time, would be a good thing. Uh, he's not even pitched out of his division. Um, he's pitched to uh, NL Central guys, but uh, away at San Diego. And I just think that the, 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 that combo of the Reds, being able to get to Lamette, might only go um, maybe five innings. And the Padres are a little bit wobbly at the minute. I mean, the Rockies swept them this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Padres have, have opened the door uh, for the Dodgers. So, yeah, the, the, the Padres look slightly vulnerable. Um, yeah, I think the Reds can get to them. And I think Gutierrez can give you uh, six, six strong innings there. Um, so they're my two picks. Uh, Overs in Red Sox Royals on Saturday and also on Saturday night. Gutierrez and the Reds to beat Lamette and the Padres. Um, as promised, um, Nick and Will on the back are doing so well this week. Uh, they've made a couple of picks for us uh, so we can hear from uh, Nick Dant and uh, Will Moorman now. Moonoff and Malcolm. That sounds like a bad sitcom written all over it. It's NC Nick here, and I have your Major League Baseball Lock and Dog of the Weekend. We'll start with the lock Friday night. I like Braves over the Cardinals. Braves have actually lost six of their last seven. They're a better team than that. 
They'll be at home with their best pitcher, Max Fried, on the mound. Meanwhile, Cardinals are starting Carlos Martinez. He has struggled this year. I like the Braves to get that dub. As far as my dog, let's go Saturday evening. I like the Rockies over the Brewers. I mentioned it on your pod last week and that whenever the Brewers don't have Woodruff, Burns, or Peralta starting, I like to go with the other team. And the Rockies have been on a little bit of a roll here. They just broke out the broom and swept the mighty Padres. I like the Rockies to get another one and beat the Brewers on Saturday. There you go. That's my lock. That's my dog. Let it ride. How's everybody doing? It's the wild child, Will Mormon, checking in with the lock and dog for this weekend. I'm aiming at Saturday for my lock and dog this week. Uh, for my lock, I'm going with the Giants at home. Wood on the mound against Aaron Nola and the Phillies. Seems like a pretty good spot for the Giants. They've been red hot all year. The Giants, we should get a decent price on them as well. I would say probably minus 130, minus 140. And I'm all over the Giants to take care of business. And then for my dog on Saturday, I like Oakland to get the job done on the road against the Yankees, Bassett on the hill for the Athletics, Jermaine on the mound for the Yankees, Jermaine has not been the best pitcher this year, Bassett's 7-2 this year, he's been pitching lights out, the Athletics have been undervalued all year, just seems like a great spot for them to take it down, maybe at a plus 130 or so, good luck everybody and let it ride. Okay, so that was Nick and Will with those picks, we'll get those locked in as well, uh, we'll be back on Sunday night and we can... Uh, I mean, the seven and one too much to ask for, Muna. It's not. I think we've set the bar really high for ourselves now. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll go. I think we're going to have another minimum six and two week. I, I'm feeling confident about our picks this week. So, uh, hopefully, we have another six and two, or at least a seven and one week. But I'm, I'm predicting a six and two week. We're off to a seven one start. So let, let's keep building off of that. Yeah, we have set the bar far too high. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> six and two. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much, Moonaf. That was fun. As always, we filled in twice as much time as we intended to uh, talking sport. Uh, I can still see your eyes darting from left to right with <laughs> however many different things you're watching at the minute. I'm watching Bryson DeChambeau chip out of what looks like the middle of the desert. Yeah, uh, that, on that's, my the only thing, uh, that's the only screen I have watching. Is that what just, all you've got at the minute? Uh, I, I really wanted to laugh at his tee shot um, uh, on this on this whole, <laughs> it went way left and his chip shot. Oh, he's, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's halfway up that bank. <laughs> Even worse. What, <laughs> what's he got in his ear? Has he got some sort of, like, is it a Bluetooth? Yeah, I, got... yeah Kai, I didn't see why he still has that on. Uh, he's not it's... like, you can't be, can you get coaching and things like that? Is that possible? Or I mean, no, is he just I don't listening know, to just, a few tunes or possibly, I didn't know you were allowed to even have that, but uh, I think that's something I'll have to ask our golf guy, Steven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stephen Boston Capper. So, uh, yeah, we've gone off track again. We need to finish this podcast because it's yeah. going to be three o'clock in the morning. Muna. Um, <laughs> I look forward to talking to you on Sunday night. Yes, As sir. always, tallysite.com has all our MLB analyst picks on there. Uh, we'll be picking the Euros and all sorts of stuff this week. Um, and they're embedded over on the website as well. Um, the Slack channel is an absolute hotbed of silliness. Uh, get involved over there. The DFS games, nightly MLB, nightly NBA, uh, the golf tournaments are going. So there's all sorts of things. And um, don't forget the SGPN app. Uh, I got myself a new phone yesterday. Uh, and the first thing I did, 
um, was download the app and it looks beautiful on my lovely uh, big new shiny phone. Um, so yeah, download the SGP app from the, the Google Play Store or wherever it is um, you get that. Uh, thank you very much, Munaf. Um, I look forward to chatting to you on Sunday night. Yes, sir. Champion. Uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Uh, good luck with your bets. We'll see you down the road. 